In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. We will speak in this lecture about promoters. But in order to understand what pornography is and why it is very destructive, we need to understand first God's plan for sex and sexuality. Then we will define what pornography is and then detox how to overcome the sin of pornography and we give guidelines for detox. And today actually the challenges to people who want to be holy, who want to honor God with their minds and bodies, seem tougher than ever. It's very challenging now. You live at a time and in a culture that seems given over to sex. Everything around you is about sex. It's all around you and you can hardly avoid its lure. Everywhere you go today, you are faced with temptations. And if you are like most young men, have begun to give in to them these temptations. So let's understand what's God's plan for sex and sexuality. God gives us sex because it has a unique power in drawing a husband to his wife and a wife to her husband. We could describe sex in terms of body parts and hormones, but we will not be any closer to understand it because sex is something beyond the physical dimension of it. Sex goes far beyond merely the physical and instead extends to the emotional and spiritual. It is through sexual union that two are made one, that they are bound together. So sex according to God's economy to be shared only between a husband and a wife and cannot be extended to others either before marriage or during marriage. As the Lord taught us in the Sermon on the Mountain, you have heard it was said you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman to lust after her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Matthew 5:27 and 28. The book of Songs actually is about the relationship between God and the human soul. He is the bridegroom and we are his bride. But there are some verses can help us to understand some principles in marriage. For example, sex must not be stirred up or awakened till the time is right. As we read, don't arouse or awaken love until it so desires. So 
young men and women not married should be careful at this principle, should not awaken their sexual desire until it is the right time. The purpose of sex, according to the Creator, according to the one who instilled in us, is to provide a unique means through which a husband and wife can know one another. And by the way, some verses in the Bible, when you say, for example, and Adam knew his wife, the word knew here means he had sex with her. But because, as I told you, sex goes beyond the physical element, that's why it's knowledge. So, to husband and wife, can know one another, can serve one another, can express vulnerability before one another, and to give and to receive. What is the sexual desire? As we said, sex is a such, a such an integral part of the relationship of husband to wife and wife to husband, that God has given the desire to participate in it and to enjoy it. Because sex is an essential element in the relationship between husband and wife. That's why God instilled in us the desire, the sexual desire. Because if there is no desire, people will not participate in sex. So this desire to participate in sex and also to enjoy it. If we stopped eating, our bodies would stop repairing themselves and we would die. If we don't experience sexual desire, if the person doesn't have sexual desire, period, then we might not have sex. And we've stopped having sex, our marriages would suffer and die. Then sexual desire is a gift of God, given not to torment us, but to motivate obedience. And I explain what I mean by obedience with this desire. And let me share with you, a couple used to confess with me, and I know them for a very long time, and they have a wonderful marriage. But all of a sudden, after so many years of wonderful marriage, they start to have a conflict and fighting. And I did not understand why. And I tried to help them as much as I can, but, you know, conflict continued. Until a wise elderly priest came from Egypt, and this couple, actually, I asked them to meet with him to discuss why after all these years of marriage, now they have this conflict. And this elderly father, because of his experience, he asked them about their intimate relationship. I never actually asked them about this. And they told him, after we have our children, our children grown up, we decided not to have it anymore because خلاص, we have our children. And then actually the father told them, 
this is the reason behind your conflict, start back to have, you know, this intimate relationship and everything will go back to normal like before. Because God gives this sexual relationship to unite and to express love and to serve one another, etc. And they found out that the onset of their conflict exactly was the onset in which they decided to uh, stop having intimate relationship. And when they returned back to have intimate relationship, everything was resolved. And they shared with me what this elderly father told them. That's why when I said, in marriage, if we stopped having sex, our marriage would suffer and die. This is actually a fact. When a husband inevitably feels a sexual desire, it is not an invitation to pornography and masturbation. No. But it is a nudge from the Lord toward pursuing his wife. And that's why I said to motivate obedience. So here God is sending him a message to pursue his wife, to show her love and to serve her. And the sexual desire is not given in equal measure to men and women. It's typically given in greater part to men. And may we ask why? God commands that men, husbands, to be leaders. Men are to take the leading role. God intends that men take leadership even in sex. And therefore he can give it, he has given to men a greater desire for it. This way men can lead their wives and taking the initiative, taking care to love their wife in such a way that they wish to have sex with their husbands, not by forcing them, but by showing them love in, in the way that makes the wife actually longing to have intimate relationship with her husband. So generally speaking, a man finds intimacy and acceptance through sex, through the act itself. While a woman first need to experience intimacy and acceptance before she can be prepared to enjoy sex. This is a very important element. Men find intimacy and acceptance through sex. But women need to find first and to experience the acceptance and the intimacy before she can be prepared to enjoy sex. That's why God gives the man a sexual appetite. So he can in turn provide for his wife her needs in intimacy and acceptance before she provides for his needs through the act itself. And in leadership they say the best style of leadership is the servant leadership. In the same way he needs to exemplify leadership as a servant even in the bedroom. Sex should be done in love not in anger. He cannot be angry and force her and blame her and fight with her just to tell her, this is my right, give me my right. 
Six should be done in love, not in anger. Six, as with everything in life, should be done with self-control, not with a reckless lack of self-control. And he should know, for those who watch pornography, that the things that supposedly arouse porn stars are very likely not the things that will arouse his wife. Third principle about sex, sex is selfless, selfless and giving. It's not about me, it's about the other. On the other hand, pornography is about me, it's about the person himself, about the getting and about the conquest. But sex is not ultimate. Yes, it is good and great gift of God, but it's not an ultimate thing. And sex is not to be trifled with, because it is too powerful to be trifled with. It's almost impossible for a person to trifle with sex and not get drawn into, into it in a more complete way. If you start it, flirting with it, it will end in the complete action. And sex is not primarily about you, but about the other. It is giving more than taking. So when we use the gift of God, as God the Creator intends it, we gain great joy and freedom in it. But when this gift is abused, we ultimately suffer from for such abuse. Pornography makes a mockery of the purposes of sex, sexual desire, an unequal sexual desire, where God says that the purpose of sex is to build unity between husband and wife. Pornography says it's about fulfilling any perceived need with any partner, willing or unwilling. That's what pornography is about. A guy needs only to turn on his computer, and within two or three clicks of the mouse, he can have unlimited access to unlimited amount of pornography. That's how Satan made pornography so accessible. Today, it is actually far more difficult to avoid pornography than it is to find it. Statistics says that almost everyone saw at least one picture of pornography even by accident. It would be literally impossible for one person to watch all of the pornography being created today because it is unlimited amount of pornography. There would not be enough hours in the day or days in the year to watch all the pornography being created. So what's pornography? Printed or visual material containing the explicit description or display of sexual organ or activity 
intended to stimulate erotic rather than atheistic or emotional feeling. Pornography addiction, it is the condition where an individual shows manifestation of overusing or abusing pornography. He became an addict. He cannot quit it. He's chained. Unfortunately, pornography is easy to start and easy to hide. It's very easy to hide it and very easy to find it and to start it. And porn addiction leads to masturbation and may be a part of a more extensive sex addiction. The physical act of masturbation simply points to a deeper problem within. Masturbation causes a mental and a spiritual struggle with feeling of guilt and shame because of this habit. And some psychologists try to say it is normal, nothing wrong to masturbate, nothing wrong to satisfy your desire, you are not hurting anybody. But this is, again, if we understand God's economy and God's plan for sex, sex is about giving, about unity. It's not about me. In masturbation, it is selfish. It's not selfless. And that's why some couples, even after getting married, they continue falling in this sin. So instead of using sin to be unit, um, sex to be unified with his wife, now he is seeking self-satisfaction. Uh, and the most common reason given why people should not masturbate is that it pollutes the mind, which is true. Masturbation pollutes the mind. Sexual gratification is not merely a physical act, but it engages the mind. Pornography is against God's plan for sex because pornography teaches that sex is everything is everything except intimate person to person body to soul contact between willing spouses so sex you can do everything and that's why in 1st Thessalonians chapter 4 St. Paul said each one knows how to acquire his vessel with honor and dignity, not like the Gentiles who do not know God. So I cannot take things in pornography and I, the person applied in his marriage. This is defiling the bit of marriage. Pornography is inherently violent, inherently unloving. It is the very opposite of God's intention for sex. The young husband assumes or demands that his wife will be willing to do anything. She will be as willing and eager and skilled as the women he has seen on the screen in pornography. That his mind will be impure and, and polluted. So, 
they may pornify the marriage bed. St. Paul in Hebrew chapter 13 said, let the marriage be honored and the bed undefined. But with pornography, they will bring impurity to the pure. They will bring selfishness to the selfless. When men become addicted to pornographic material, then begin to desire more explicit or deviant material and finally act out what they have seen they want to apply it in their marriage also memories of experiences that occurred at time of emotional arouse which could include sexual arouse in watching pornography are imprinted on the brain by epinephrine which is an adrenal gland hormone and are difficult to erase in his book spiritual economy Bonamata Miskin said if you see a bad picture Satan will make millions of copies and he will store it in your subconscious and then he will bring copies of this image while you are praying, while you are in the church, while you are serving, in, in order actually to distract you from yourselves. Yes, it's imprinted on the brain and sometimes it's difficult to erase. Some statistics about pornography. Studies have shown that 70% of men ages from 18 to 24 visit pornography website in a typical month 47 of families in the United States say pornography is a problem in their home a survey found that nearly 9 out of 10 young men and nearly one-third of young women report using pornography and what is scary that the average age at which children first see online pornography is 11 or maybe younger every second every second 3075 dollars being spent on pornography every second every second 28,258 internet users are viewing pornography every 39 minutes a new pornography video is being created in US pornographic addiction Psychologists identified five steps pattern in pornographic addiction. Start with exposure, addiction, escalation, desensitization, acting out. Exposure, first step. Addicts have been exposed to pornography in many ways, ranging from sexual abuse as children 
to looking at widely available pornographic material. This is the initial exposure to pictures or provocative material. The exposure is frequently accidental or may result from general curiosity. Not necessarily it start as intentional. It can be accidental or just out of curiosity. The problem begins when the person deliberately viewing pornography. As Pop Shinoda used to say, it is the second look that is sin. For example, if a person looked at something by accident and he turned his eyes, but when he looks for the second time by his own free will deliberately, it is sin. After exposure addiction, people who continually expose themselves to pornography keep coming back for more and more in order to get new sexual hearts. The person keeps returning to pornography. They recognize their activity as inappropriate. But regardless of what they resolve to do it, it becomes a regular part of their life. Because they are chained. The user begins to depend on pornography as their main source of feeling good. So when they are stressed out or they have face challenges, their coping mechanism to go to pornography just to relax. The time spent viewing materials continue to increase despite the consequences. And maybe he, he will decide to quit. So the period of abstinence may be followed by periods of pinging. The third step, which is scary after exposure and addiction, is escalation. Previous sexual highs become more difficult to attain. Therefore, users of pornography begin to look for more exotic forms of sexual behavior to bring them stimulation. So what they used to watch before, now it does not stimulate them, it does not arouse them. So the person starts to look for more graphic material. The images they now view might have disgusted them before, but now they are viewing it because this will arouse them. They spend even more time looking at pornography and thinking about it becomes consuming. And they may want their spouse to act out things that they have seen in pornography in their sexual relationship. With more exposure, they will reach to this level of desensitization. Even the very disgusting picture now did not arouse them. What was initially shocking for them, now it becomes a routine. 
So eventually, the person becomes numb to the effect of pornography. They are in denial about their addiction and begin to see pornography and the sexual acts depicted as normal and acceptable. Even the most graphic, degrading pornography does not excite them anymore. And they become desperate to feel the same thrill again, but cannot find it. This would lead to the final step, which is acting out. People do what they have seen and find pleasurable. Yes, not every pornography addict will become a serial murderer or a rapist, but many do look for ways to act out their sexual fantasies, even by violence, by raping others or killing others. So what are the warning signs of pornography addiction? There are four signs, physical behavior, relational behavior, financial behavior, and sexual behavior. We speak about each one. Physical behavior, code viewing inappropriate material or found pornographic material for which they deny responsibility. They found something on their phone, I don't know, I don't know from where I got. Spend the time on computer after everyone else is in bed or stay up late for unexplained reasons. Quickly change the computer screen or turns of the computer when you walk by or enter the room. Frequently clears the internet history on the computer. Sacrificing other activities such as sleep, work, or time with the family in order to be online. So these signs are signs warning sign that the person may become addict to pornography and he prefers to stay home while all the family going out for dinner just to watch pornography also he may have problem with school work or personal relationship seems tired or worn out because he spent a lot of time watching pornography he doesn't have enough sleep missing appointments and deadlines without a satisfactory explanation. And when you address the topic of pornography, they initially seem uncomfortable or hostile or non-responsive and seek out and view increasingly graphic and sexually explicit movies and TV shows. Relational behaviors. You find the person withdrawn or checked out or emotionally disconnected for long periods of time. Spend less time with family or seeks isolation frequently. Seems more irritable or having mood swings. Unable to see his part or her part in relationship conflicts and instead blames the other when discussing such issues. Also, they ignore the responsibility 
becomes angry over little things because he feel fear of rejection, frustration, embarrassment, disappointment. So becomes angry quickly. And sharp contrast in behavior which may lead to being more disconnected, uninvolved or critical of others. High concern with physical appearance and sending conflicting messages regarding his or her feeling and desires for his relationship. Some websites for pornography are free, but many websites actually you need to pay monthly fee. So there is, there is also financial behavior dealing with unfamiliar companies or unfamiliar websites. And a person may reach a stage in which he is struggling financially. Not only for the fee that he pays, but because addiction can cause problems with work, so he cannot actually keep work. Sexual behavior. Unusual long periods of time between sexual intimacy with his or her spouse. Pressures a spouse for sex even when it is clear that it is not wanted. Seeks to experiment with sexual behavior that the spouse finds uncomfortable and unacceptable. But as I said, he wants to act out what he had seen and may ask spouse to view sexually explicit material to improve their sexual life. Is there a treatment? Yes. That's what we call detox. Men need a kind of sexual detox before they can be equipped to be the kind of pure, loving, attractive, sacrificial husband that God calls them to be. So youth who are involved with pornography before getting married, they actually, they should go through this detox in order in their marriage to be loving, attentive, sacrificial and pure. So what's detox? Detox is a process or period of time in which one abstains from or rids the body of the toxic or unhealthy substance. That's why we call detox. We remove the toxic substance, the toxic material from my mind, my body, my spirit. What is the need for detox? Why we need it? The messages about sex taught in society and especially in pornography have left a whole generation of men with false views of the meaning, purpose and act of sex. So this has to be removed completely from their mind and actually we need to plant in their mind God's plan for sex. So these are some guidelines for detox to help the people who are addicted to pornography.
know your God and pray to Him. As we always say, without the grace of God, you cannot defeat any sin in your life. And we should know that God loves us so much, even when we cannot see Him, even when we fail to obey Him. As He said, I did not come to call righteous, but I came to call sinners to repentance. All are in not need for a physician, but the sick. He does not desire a death of a sinner, but rather that he lives and returns. Be sure that God loves you, regardless of your condition. Even if you don't obey Him, even if you cannot see Him, still God cares about you and loves you. And as St. Jude said in his letter, it's one chapter, verse 20 and 21, But you, beloved, building yourself up in your most holy faith, and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Your spiritual canon, having a strong relationship with God, is the foundation for your victory. 1 Peter 5, 6-7 Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. Also in Psalm 34, verse 17 to 19, When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Just we need to cry for help. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. In Lamentation 3.24, the Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in him. And we should know that prayer is an act of hope. The fact I am asking God to help, then I have hope that I will be delivered. When we feel the urge to watch pornography, we need to bend our knees, put our hands together, pray to God to give us the necessary strength to overcome this dreadful sin. God is able and is more than willing to help you. He is just one prayer away. Number two, know your enemy. As I said, know your God, know your enemy. Who is the enemy? Satan, who wants actually to defile your body and to defile your mind and to defile your spirit. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So as soon as you indulge, you either plunge into self-hatred or self-avoidance, and Satan is satisfied either way. Satan first, he deceives us, then he tempts us, then he accuses us. 
He used these three steps in order. Deceive me to tell me sin will not hurt you. It's okay. Nothing wrong with it. Tempt me, he will make it accessible and easy to find. Pleasurable. Then accuses me, he will actually make me feel very guilty and ashamed and fight me with despair and make me hate myself. So every experience you have, your thoughts, your hatreds, your impulses, your emotions, your plans, your ideas, must take into account that Satan is at work with each of these. And the sooner you forget that it's easier, the easier it is to believe hidden, subversive, subtle, destructive lies to deceive you. So when there is a trigger to watch pornography, you should know Satan is at work. When there is an idea you want to experiment, Satan is at work. But when you forget it is from Satan, then you will actually believe his lies. That's why Satan, when appeared to our mother Eve, he did not appear as Satan. He disguised himself and was hidden in this serpent. Because nobody will believe Satan. So you need to remind yourself that Satan is at work in all the temptations. And one of the tools that he will make you hate yourself and fall in despair, especially when you fail to abstain for a long time. That's why we need to fight self-hatred. It is a common feeling that we want to punish ourselves. Yes, to have a grieved conscience is a good thing. That's godly sorrow. But when Judas realized it, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood, it was not surprising that he departed and went and hanged himself. Why? Because he hated himself. Satan made him hate himself. But David uses such deeply physical metaphor when he pleaded with God for grace over sexual sin. See all these words in Psalm 50 or 51. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me. Cleanse me. And sin did my mother conceive me. Purge me. Wash me for the second time the same song. Blot out my iniquity. Create in me a clean heart. So David, instead of hating himself, he cried that God may cleanse him. So you need to fight with David. Scream the same words with David. Replace the groan of human self-hatred with an unbroken war. Cry for divine love. And if you are tempted to wallow, don't let your good intuitive hatred of sin lead you to hate yourself. The godly sorrow is to hate the sin, not to hate yourself. And be patient with yourself. 
God is patient. He is fighting for your life. Has not forgotten you. Has not left you. If you did not overcome for some time, keep fighting. Keep fighting the good, a good fight and God will give you the victory. Number four, confess. Exposing our thoughts actually will help us to get rid of these thoughts. Exposing our sins. As the Father said, when we expose our thoughts, thoughts are weakened. James 5.16 Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. So healing comes from prayer and confession. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as its work. Also, in confession, after Abuna praises the absolution for me, he says, So there is a freedom here from all the bondage of sin and give me through the Holy Spirit freedom from the forces of sin that's binding me. But also in confession, confession is mainly the work of the Holy Spirit, but there's another element in confession which is the support system. All the psychologists said you need to find support to overcome addiction. They found the best thing actually to overcome addiction is support groups like in alcohol, alcohol anonymous, narcotic anonymous, etc. But we can find it also in confession. Watching pornography is very convenient and we can enjoy doing it in privacy of our homes. In most cases, this type of sin is a private sin. And telling other people about it can be very challenging. I can hide it all my life. But as this might be the case, this is also the most efficient way to overcome this problem. When you recognize your problem, accept it, and seek the support and help of other people. That's why I said in confession, you can find your spiritual father as your support system. And when you get support of other people, you will have and increase the chance of being victorious. Because there is accountability here. It's important that you have someone who will hold you accountable for your actions. And the best one here is your spiritual father. Don't be embarrassed to confess it and say it explicitly to your spiritual father. It is advisable that the person should be that person will hold you account will be someone you respect and trust. Of course, your spiritual father, you can ask your priest, elders, parents, spouse, friends to be that person. Number six, avoid, avoid triggers and don't be too confident. In First Corinthians 16, he said, flee sexual immorality. Flee means run away. Run away from danger. 
if there is a serpent, all of us will run away. If there is fire, all of us will run away. That's fleeing. The two angels said to Lot, flee for your life. If you want to save your life, you need to run away. Everything that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sin against his own body. When Joseph was seduced by Potiphar's wife, he did not just stand in the room or walk away and told her, no, I cannot do this, that's wrong. What did he do? He fled, he ran away. Sexual temptation is among the strongest impulses in our brain. Therefore, we need to proactively get away from pornography in the strongest way possible. Walking away is never enough. We need to run and flee. Walking away is not enough. We need to run and flee. So the practical way is to apply this, how to run and flee. Place your computer in a room where everyone can see it. Install anti-pornography software. Avoid places or situations that you know will lead you to temptation. Destroy or eliminate pornography material in your position. Again, the principle, the principle of we said it yesterday, is radical amputation. If the internet will cause me to sin, I block it. And don't be too confident. Don't say, no, and I will not be tempted. I will not fall. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands, take heed lest he fall. I remember when we entered the monastery, one of the elders in the Syrian monastery, one of the ones, he used to tell us, you are not stronger than Samson. You are not wiser than Solomon. You are not purer than David, a man after God's own heart. Be careful. So let him who thinks he stand, take heed lest he fall. First Corinthians 10, 12. If you think you are too strong for any sexual temptation, you better think twice. The Bible tells us that we need to stand our ground if we don't want to fall into temptation. Therefore, we need to get out of the sexually tempting situation the minute we see the first sign. Don't wait until it is too late. If you wait, yes, it's going to be too late. Number seven, Develop godly habits. Habits are not removed, but replaced. That's why in Ephesians chapter 4, 24, he said that you put off, that's the bad habit, concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And you put on, that's replacing, put off and put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness 
and holiness. So habits are not eliminated, but rather they are replaced. You should know this. Habits are not eliminated, rather they are replaced. For this reason, if you want to overcome pornography, you need to replace this bad habit with a good habit. Putting off old man, putting on new man. Keep yourself busy. Spend your extra energy to more profitable, meaningful, and godly activities. Don't let yourself get bored. You will go to pornography. Remember that an idle mind is the devil's playground. Idle mind is the devil's playground. Keep yourself company with other godly individuals. Commit more time to reading God's word and doing his work. When you do this, you will less likely entertain the thoughts of watching pornography. Yes, you can overcome. When it comes to overcoming pornography addiction, you can obtain comfort from this scripture, 1 Corinthians 10.13. God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. There is a way of escape. If you are being tempted to watch pornography now, God knows that you can overcome it. He believes in you. He will provide a way of escape. God is faithful. And he will do what he said. If you feel like temptation is so strong, then be happy. Because that is how much God believes in you. Because he does not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. In every temptation you encounter, God will make a way of escape. We can say with St. Paul, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.